0: Seidel Show, now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I am Jacob Seidel, along with my good friend through the computer monitor on the Discord server, Zach Smith.
1: What's going on? We got some more uh, really fun athletic action going on. It's It wasn't the nicest of weekends for certain teams and players, but I mean, it's nice for us to talk about.
0: Oh no, we have a bloody Sunday, really seem to curse almost every team. <laughs> Over 20 injuries suffered by stars all across the league. It's ridiculous. Saquon Barkley out for the year. Nick Bosa out for the year. Cortland Sutton out for the year. Uh, CMC. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Why CMC?
1: C, Christian, and then MC for McCaffrey. I don't know how to spell his last name, so I don't try.
0: You know there's this wonderful feature called copy and paste.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to.
0: Anyway, McCaffrey uh, McCaffrey out four to six. Jimmy G with a high ankle sprain in his day-to-day. Raheem uh, Mossert is three weeks-ish, is what I was told. Uh, Solomon Thomas... I, uh, you told me on that one. I forget how many, how long he's out.
1: He's out for the year. He tore his ACL similarly to Nick Bosa. Uh, the Ravens slot cornerback is out for the year. Paris Campbell's out for the year. And then Bruce or Bruce Irvin, excuse me, also tore his ACL and is out for the year. And those are just a handful of over 20 injuries suffered all across the NFL.
0: And yeah, you hate to see it. Um, We'll get to the whole, we have a whole thing about this later in the show, but why did we see so many injuries in week two?
1: There's, there's a lot of speculation, at least from the San Francisco 49ers standpoint that it had something to do with the turf, um, at MetLife stadium in New Jersey. Uh, the Niners of course played the New York jets this past week. And a lot of 49ers blame the conditions of the turf and it wasn't regulated well enough. So the NFL is looking into that. Uh, The other theory, and this is the main theory, is that because there was no preseason, there was no time for players to become accustomed to playing again, get their bodies back in shape uh, and their bodies just were not ready for it. Uh, I don't know if that's the case or maybe if there was just some like improper tackling techniques or what the case may be. Um, but it, it's something along those lines. But those those are the couple of theories that I've heard at least from it.
0: Yeah. And I have blamed turf for a lot of things. Um, my freshman year of college before you were here, Zach water got under the turf at a football game and made a water bed. Um, so I've blamed it for a lot of things. Can I don't know if you can blame it for injuries.
1: I'm sure it has something to do with it. If it's not you know regulated correctly or taken care of, because if it becomes splatchy or splotchy or whatever, your cleat can get stuck into it. Because a lot of NFL players have kind of long spikes in their shoes, so stepping on it weird could pull something. But I watched a couple of these ways that players have gone down, and it's more so weird tackling techniques. I watched the Seahawks Patriots game on Sunday night. And when Bruce Irvin went down, it looked like he just tackled a little weird and he worked on his knee a little bit. And I guess with a condensed offseason and a condensed preseason, uh well, no preseason, but a condensed offseason due to COVID-19, uh, you really don't have time to remind players of the basics and hey, this is how you should be tackling and this is what should be done. So potentially a lot of uh, fundamental issues. I think it could be, I know Saquon Barkley stepped on his knee weird as he was being um, tackled out of bounds. I did not get the opportunity to watch Nick Bosa, but Cortland Sutton watching the Steelers Broncos game. uh, He was already questionable with a hamstring and I think he came back too soon and that hamstring became more of a complete knee issue. Um, So Just a couple of these are just heartbreaking to watch, but if you watch and see all these names again that we mentioned, Saquon Barkley, Nick Bosa, Christian McCaffrey, Courtland Sutton, we didn't even talk about Drew Locke, uh, Paris Campbell, Solomon Thomas, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like These are stars in the NFL or young stars or emerging stars, and their seasons are cut short just because of this. And I don't know, again, if it is field conditions. I think it's just down to the basics and fundamentals of tackling in the NFL. But it's it's heartbreaking to see.
0: I, I am on the side of this is what you get with no preseason. The it, I get they had training camps, but in training camp, in practice, you're not going at full game, like, go, usually. And I'm not saying you do in preseason games either, but at least you were going against an opponent that was trying to beat you. Um, I just think not having a competitive game before the season starts really hurt a bunch of guys, especially on the physicality uh, standpoint. I would
1: agree. I think that it just does not allow players to truly get the reps going and I was watching college football week one when they were starting to do stuff and the broadcasters for the Marshall game which was what I was watching mentioned countless times that players would run over to the sideline and be puking just out of dehydration and being tired so the conditioning that the preseason brings which you said I think really does impact it because players aren't getting an opportunity to get those full reps or to truly get their bodies turning or going. So it's just really sad to see players getting hurt and players just not being conditioned for it. We're in week three now, so I mean, players should be accustomed to it. But if you're looking at it from a four-game preseason standpoint, you're not going to see the most competitive side of people until week five, which I'm not sure is the case. I think two or three games will be enough. So I think you're going to see a lot more competition out of week three.
0: Uh, Some breaking news in the NFL from Adam Schefter, Denver Broncos at the time of this recording and signed former Jags and Rams quarterback, Blake Bortles to a one year deal. Uh, He has to pass COVID protocols, but drew lockout three to five weeks in the Broncos. Almost signed Bortles last year, so now they needed a quarterback. Blake Bortles was available. We've seen him have a few good uh, games. What? What's your quick reaction to this?
1: Um, I think that you're not going to see Bortles start right away. Jeff Driscoll, who came in in relief of Drew Locke on Sunday when he went down, uh, he actually looked really good, helping bring Denver back from a 17-3 to deficit. Ultimately, they did lose, but Jeff Driscoll looked very, very good under center. Uh, I think Bortles could compete a little bit, but I think Bortles is more so depth at the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, I would agree to that. Um, It all just depends. Uh, You know how the fans in Denver can get.
1: Yeah, if they don't get their way, Elway will hear about it. and Elway does not like to be a bad guy to anybody.
0: Uh, moving on, eleven undefeated teams remaining in the NFL. Uh, in a few two and uh, t- uh two and O matchups coming this week.
1: Chiefs uh, Ravens, to, one of them. Yeah,
0: Chiefs, is one of
1: them. Buffalo and the Rams are together. It's going to be fun. Uh,
0: yeah, I think this Chiefs Ravens matchup is going to be the biggest matchup of the week, maybe the year, just depending on how it goes or how it goes through. But Kansas city, can they be beat?
1: I think that you could see players play a little better in these big stage games. Um, The chiefs looked kind of beatable to the chargers. And on the other side, Baltimore continued to roll, even though the Texans held Baltimore down for a little while there. Uh, Deshaun Watson just did not look comfortable in the pocket against Baltimore. Uh, but at the same time, the Chiefs were down 11 points. Uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch, and it's going to come down to what each team does to game plan. Uh, Kansas City going up against Baltimore could be very, very scary. Um, Kansas city needs to employ some quarterback spies just to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. You're going to see a lot of running plays with Mark Ingram, JK Dobbins, Gus Edwards. Uh, you might even see RG three, get a little bit of action as in terms of that triple option in the backfield. Um, and on top of it all, Kansas city secondary is pretty solid. Um, Baltimore, to start the season, went up against an injured Cleveland Browns defense, and then this past weekend against Houston, Houston a little bit better of a defense, looked to make Lamar Jackson a little nervous, but turnovers did not help. So the way to win the game against Baltimore is not turning the ball over, and you don't see the Chiefs do that very often. On the other side of it, you got to limit Kansas City. Uh, again, I talked a little bit about the Chargers almost upsetting the Kansas City Chiefs behind rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. Uh, at one point, they the Chargers led the Chiefs by 11 points until the Chiefs came back to tie it up in the waning seconds of the fourth quarter and then kicking a 58-yard field goal to win the game. So, um, I, in this matchup, personally like Kansas City, and I know I've bet against Baltimore twice already. But, um, with Kansas city, I think that their secondary is good enough to stay with players like Marquise Brown and Willie Sneed. And at the same time, you need to employ a spy method of some sort by Lamar Jackson, make somebody else beat you, whether it be a running back or make it be Marquise Brown catching 300 yards, make somebody else beat you on the other side. If you're Baltimore, you have to kind of follow the plan of the Chiefs, or the Chargers, excuse me. You run your secondary with these high-profile receivers and make Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a rookie, beat you. Had a great week one, had a so-so week two. You force the run game to beat you. Patrick Mahomes is very, very capable of beating you when he's on the field. That's why Kansas City was kept off the field by the Chargers. You employ that and you're fine. I give this win to the Chiefs. I don't think you're going to see the shootout that was the Chiefs Rams game a couple years back. But I like Patrick Mahomes over Baltimore.
0: I wish I could agree with you and it pains me in so many different ways to say this. The Ravens defense Might be the strongest we've seen in the NFL since the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl. I don't think there's any way unless Kansas City catches them on an off night, which, you know, Monday night football can sometimes do that. I don't think that the uh, Chiefs have a chance. And again, as much as it pains me to say it, the Ravens are going to win this game, and I think it's going to be by... Probably ten points.
1: So let me respond to that with this question. Does the winner of this game represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? Or do you think that there is another AFC team that could potentially leap Broad Kansas City or Baltimore?
0: Uh, I think there's a few dark horse teams. I'm I'm thinking regular season, those are the top two teams in the AFC. There's no Doubt about it. Um, the issue is, once you get to the postseason, you can throw the hand, you can throw the rule book out the window. No one knows what's going to happen. It, like a big upset by the Titans last year against the Ravens. Uh, the Chiefs looked dead in the Super Bowl and came back to win it. Like we don't know what's going to happen, but. I would imagine neither of these teams would end up representing the NFL or the AFC in the Super Bowl. I think one of them will make it to the AFC championship game, but I think we're going to see an upset. I think we're going to see some crazy thing happen because it's 2020.
1: 11 undefeated teams, as we mentioned, remain in the NFL. Uh, Buffalo, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Raiders, the Bears, the Packers, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Seahawks the AFC being the only side of the spectrum that has at least one defeated team, undefeated team in each division. Jacob, my friend, of these 11 teams remaining, which one has the best chance to remain undefeated throughout the season?
0: I'm going to go with the Seahawks. They were a, a little quiet. Uh, on Sunday Night Football last night. Uh, they host the Cowboys in, uh, in Seattle this week. And really, that the whole NFC West is not as strong as it used to be. Uh, Russell Wilson's never won an MVP, like we said last week. He's playing like an MVP so far this season. I think the Seahawks are the best chance the league has of having a team go 16 and zero.
1: I'd probably agree with you. And I think that something that really helps the Seahawks case is Sunday, bloody Sunday, which we just saw Um, the 49ers were really, really hurt by injuries this past week. Again, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's, It's going to be really weird to see the 49ers fall back out after having such a successful year. I'm going to kind of go a different direction from you, and I think the team that has the best chance to go 16-0 is the Green Bay Packers, and let me tell you why. First of all, Aaron Rodgers is on a revenge tour, scoring at least 40 points in both of the past two games, 43 against the Vikings, 42 against the Lions. If you look at the Packers' schedule, it's pretty favorable. Uh, they are at the Saints. Uh, they ha- have to go to San Francisco, which they struggled with last year. But if the 49ers are without some of their defensive stars, that could be huge. They have to go up against the Bears twice still. A pretty formidable defense. They've got the Vikings again, the Buccaneers, the Falcons. But overall, I I really like the way that this Packers' schedule looks. and. I, I really do think Aaron Rodgers is going to make a push for MVP. Um, I I like the Green Bay Packers.
0: Yeah, well, numbers like this, 50 is 74 with that beard for Aaron Rodgers. 604 yards, six TDs, no interceptions. And that's even coming off uh, his team trailing to the Lions until halftime on Sunday. And what... Well, that was a great game against the Lions. It, uh, they just came back and couldn't stop anything. Uh, but I really do like that pick, and then I'd like to go with the team that should be two and zero. That I think is a real dark horse that a lot of people didn't see coming: the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gardner Minshew the second.
1: Yeah, the the Jaguars really becoming a surprise team, remaining strangely competitive again and we mentioned it last week this is a team that most people expected you know they should really tank they should go get the new quarterback of the future in trevor lawrence make it a rebuild year see what young players they've got and go from there but in back-to-back weeks this jacksonville jaguars team led by gardner Minshew. Looked really competitive. The Colts win for week one shocked the NFL world because the Colts were a favorite to win the South. And then this past week, watching the Titans game, Gardner Minshew was in this game the entire time. They lost that one in Tennessee, 33-30, to but it was the game-ending interception on the final drive by Gardner Minshew that ended up costing the team that game. But, I mean... Gardner Minshew looks really, really good. Six touchdowns. He's got a quarterback rating of 78.8. Only through one incompletion week one. He just looks really good. And I don't I don't think that the Jags necessarily need to be tanking for a new quarterback. I think Gardner Minshew is a quarterback of the future in Jacksonville.
0: I think he is too. And he's not a guy a lot of people know about. But now he's a household name down there in the Jacksonville area uh the Jags are favored by three against Miami this week. uh they're the Thursday night football game. uh Zach what's your pick for that game?
1: Honestly, it could be a lot of fun to watch Miami the Dolphins were a small favorite in my opinion to maybe sneak into the wild card spot again seven wild or a seventh seed being introduced in the wild card matchup. And the Dolphins made a lot of really interesting offseason moves. Uh, Byron Jones being the most notable of them, going getting to a tongue of Iloa in the draft. Um, but Ryan Fitzpatrick has made a lot of mistakes in recent games. Uh, against the Patriots, he threw three interceptions. And this past week against Buffalo, he didn't look as sharp, even though it came within a one-score game. Josh Allen just had too good of a game. Um Miami, I heard a take when I was listening into that game. Uh Ryan Fitzpatrick can keep you in games on both sides of the ball. Um that's speaking offensively, Ryan Fitzpatrick can keep you in the game, but also if you're the opposing team's defense, Ryan Fitzpatrick can throw interceptions quite easily. Um my pick in this game is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really like the way that this offense is playing. Uh, DJ shark looks really good and this undrafted free agent Robinson looks fantastic. Gardner Minshew, as I said, looks really good. I think he could potentially earn a a comeback player of the year type deal. Um, even though he didn't even have a bad rookie season and this defense has looked surprisingly competitive again. Uh, they're letting a lot of points up, but they're making plays when it counts. And on top of that, Gardner Minshew is keeping them in games I like the Jaguars at home over the Dolphins. I'm going to say probably about by a one score game. So I'm going to say a touchdown separates the teams.
0: I think that too. Um, I I just don't see. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick has much left in the tank in his career, unfortunately, with the Dolphins. Um. I don't remember. Tua is healthy now, isn't he?
1: Tua is relatively healthy, but I believe the intention in Miami is to not have him play his rookie season.
0: Makes sense. Um, So that was going to bring up my point. Did they start Tua? But I'm like, I don't think he's fully healthy yet. I think it's going to be a bit of a blowout. I think Jacksonville is going to make a statement win here to, on Thursday and go two and one.
1: I think that's going to be a fun game to watch overall. Typically, when you see like a Dolphins-Jags matchup, you're like, oh, it's just two teams not trying to do much this season. But the the way that Jacksonville has been playing, they're not playing the tank. They're playing to the win. And I think you you can credit... Both sides of this, like, why are you trying to win right now? We're not going for the win right now. But I think some of these players are sitting here saying, you counted us out. You traded away our playmakers. Yannick Ngakwe is gone. Leonard Fournette's gone. Calais Campbell's gone. Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye are gone. You know, we're we're not competitive, but they, they are. And I think the Jags look really good. Um, And I give it to them over the Dolphins. And speaking of the Dolphins, I got to ask this question as the Dolphins will be one of many 0-2 teams. You look at, historically, most 0-2 teams do not make the postseason, but again, with an extra playoff spot being given by both divisions, the AFC and NFC, of all the 0-2 teams in the NFL right now, you've got the Dolphins, Jets, Texans, Bengals, Broncos, Giants, Eagles, Vikings, the Detroit Lions, Atlanta Falcons, and Carolina Panthers. Which one of those teams is the best shot at sneaking into the postseason this year?
0: I think you're going to be surprised with my pick. Okay. For the, A- for the AFC. Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. Joe Burrow, he might have had some difficulty getting past the Browns defense on Thursday night football, but in the two weeks he has played, he's seen he's gotten better. He threw his first two touchdown passes Thursday night. As the season goes on, I expect him to get nothing but better and that makes me very excited for the next Browns Bengals matchup. Uh Joe Mixon can't count him out AJ Green when he's healthy catching touchdowns. I think Joe Burrow and the in the uh Cincinnati Bengals will go to the playoffs from the AFC from the NFC and and 2 team. There's all, uh, oh. are there already bye weeks this week?
1: Mm, there shouldn't be. I know th- I think the first round of bye weeks is week five.
0: So let's see so it's just the Eagles and the Giants.
1: And from and the, the NFC? Yeah. Um, the Owen, two teams, Panther, Panthers, Falcons, Lions, Vikings, Eagles, and Giants. Or are you talking as in terms of who's playing?
0: Uh, no, I found it. I missed one. Um, it's a lot harder in the NFC. I'll go with another one. I think you're going to be surprised. And I think this one you'll disagree with. The Detroit Lions. I do
1: not disagree with you.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised. Matt Stafford had a good game in the first half, and I think if Matt Patricia can get his offense and defense sorted out for more than one quarter at a time, one quarter at a time, (laughs) this is going to be a team to beat in the NFC in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll kind of echo a little bit. I'll, I'll start with the AFC. If you had asked me a week ago, who my favorite was, I would have told to the Denver Broncos. Um, I loved the off season additions that they made and drew lock looked really solid. Yeah. They lost Von Miller, but the defense still looks relatively good, but I'm not going to echo that to you anymore. Um, I don't, especially with the injury to drew lock, unless, unless Jeff Driscoll looks fantastic, I don't think that you're going to see Denver make the playoffs, which stinks because I really thought Denver would be the seven seed. I think that you're going to see the Texans sneak in. Um, I don't think that they, i they, they drew a really, really bad schedule to start the season at the chiefs versus the Ravens. Now you're going to go to Pittsburgh to go play them. And I'm sitting here. I don't necessarily think that Houston's going to make it out of Pittsburgh with a win because I think there's a couple of injury concerns with Houston. However, the Texans play in the AFC South, which is strangely competitive, but there's too much talent on that roster to really, you know, not make the push. Uh, I look at the other AFC teams in here, the Dolphins, I think think could try but i don't think it's going to happen uh the jets certainly not as much as i want to agree with your pick on the Bengals, i mean if the, the way that baker mayfield played on thursday night this past week if he can do that i don't he i think the browns can stay in the postseason hunt and i don't think you see four afc north teams in there um and the broncos are just injury plagued I, I like the Texans the most out of the potential ASC players just because Deshaun Watson's under center. You still have David Johnson. Will Fuller, if he's healthy, will be fine. I don't think he's playing this week. J.J. Watt was a force against Baltimore. Um, but Houston's got to find a way to win against good teams. And at least the first two weeks to start the season, they have not done that. And they really look like they missed DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I look at the nfc i like your take with the lions the lions were my were my pick to win the seventh seed um but what's stopping me is that the lions cannot finish games um they held the lead in both of the games they played deandre swift dropped the ball to start the season in week one costing them a week one win and week two they fell apart yes it was to the packers But you had a lead and you got to hold it. You can credit some of that to secondary injuries, but I don't think so. So the Lions, I still think, will make the postseason, but they are not who I think have the best shot. My team that I actually think has the best shot is the Atlanta Falcons. And you can yell all you want about this loss, the other day, like that onside kick, Atlanta should have dove on the ball. You don't let the ball roll. You dive on it. The offense can't touch it unless it travels the allotted yards. You can touch it. I would have say that Atlanta needs to clean up a little bit. However, that offense is so much fun to watch. So much fun yeah. to watch. Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, this Russell Gage guy. Who, where'd you find this guy? He looks awesome too. This offensive line is solid. This tight end room is awesome. It's, it's the defense that I have questions with, but especially with Tampa Bay, not playing to what people expected it to be and Carolina, now losing their only offensive playmaker for the year. Give me the Falcons.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good pick too. I like that one. Um. My biggest issue is with those new uh, unis, they're cursed, apparently. (laughs) I mean, I'm all for, like, new uniforms kind of like that. But they look like an expensive Division III uh, NCAA school. They look good, though. I I like the color
1: scheme of it. They look good, and... The Falcons just need to turn it around because Dan Quinn knows his job's on the line this year. The, this this ownership has trusted him because he's gotten to the Super Bowl. But with this type of offense, this is the year where you say, guys, we fell in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Let's turn it around. And I, I, I think they stand the best chance to get into the postseason of these other teams. I don't think the Giants or the Eagles are going to do anything The Panthers without Christian McCaffrey for the next couple of weeks. I don't think it's going to happen. The Vikings will make the push, but the NFC North is very competitive. I like the Falcons. I still think the Lions make it in, but I like the Falcons to push.
0: Okay. And with that, let's go on and make our picks for the week. Uh, We'll start Thursday night football, Dolphins and Jags. We already kind of said that one. We're both... Picking the Jags. Zach's going to call it a bit closer than I am. I think it's going to be at least a 10-point game for the Jags. But uh, Chiefs and Ravens. We well, already called this one, too. I called the Ravens. Zach, you called the Chiefs. I did. S- Steelers versus Texans. In
1: Pittsburgh.
0: And in Pittsburgh, but still no fans.
1: Yeah, and and watching the Steelers Broncos game over the weekend, the Steelers defense looked fantastic—seven sacks, an interception, a fumble, a safety. Uh, yeah, you can say, well, you played against a backup quarterback, but still, that game remained very competitive. The Steelers offense is what questions me, and I think it's still Roethlisberger coming back from his offseason surgery. However, watching some of these throws and. Throws on the run by Roethlisberger. He hit Deontay Johnson on the run in the end zone. He threw an 81-yard dime to chase Claypool up the sideline. I don't think the Texans have the defense to stop an offense like that if Roethlisberger continues to push down the field. Um, And on the other side, you're playing arguably the best defense in football in the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. So I, I like the Steelers in this one. You can bias it a little bit off that I'm a Steelers fan, but will fuller was held touchless against baltimore and other than will fuller and maybe david johnson deshaun watson really had nobody to throw to and if it's one thing the steelers were able to do both of the past two weeks it's limit the run game so i don't think that houston has the offensive weapons to go against the steelers defense give me the steelers by a touchdown
0: you see, I'm going to go the other way here. I think the Texans are fed up and they are hungry for a win. And when Deshaun Watson is hungry, he is the most dangerous quarterback in the league. I'm going to say Texans by a field goal. I
1: like that pick. I like that pick too. Uh,
0: Bengals versus Eagles. I'll start off on this one. Week one, Joe Burrow got his first rushing touchdown. Week two... His first passing touchdown in week three, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals go into Philadelphia and he gets his first NFL career win. I like that pick.
1: I don't think Philadelphia has it. Uh, Carson Wentz does not look sharp. His offensive weapons do not look good. His offensive line looks like crud. His defense can't do much. I agree with you. The in
0: Philly is abysmal right now. It's ridiculous.
1: I agree with you. I like the Bengals in that game. Give me the Bengals by 10. Joe Burrow gets his first W in a Cincinnati uniform.
0: By 10, I'm going to say Bengals by 14 to 20. Ooh. It's going to be a blow. It's going to be a bloodbath in the city of in uh, the. Oh, wait, is it in Cincy or is it in Philly?
1: I, I don't know.
0: In the city of brotherly, brotherly love. We'll go with that one. Tampa Bay at Denver. Now, you you might
1: disagree with me a little bit on this. But Tampa Bay was cursed with an illness this past week. You see, the, the wide receiver room was diagnosed with a case of the drops. Chris Godwin was out with a concussion. Mike Evans looked good, but every other part of that team could not catch the ball from Tom Brady. Tom Brady, as I said, is past his prime. I don't think Tom Brady's got it anymore. Tom Brady looks very, very, very beatable. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go into mile high and lose to Jeff Driscoll and the Denver Broncos.
0: You see, as much as I would like to take that pick, I just don't see a Tom Brady-led team losing to the backup for the backup.
1: Well, the the other way that I got to throw this to you is it's very, very tough to play in mile high. It's very hard to play. And I mean, both teams are coming back, but Denver's more accustomed to it. You can argue the same thing with Tom Brady, but I, I don't like the way that this Tampa Bay team looks right now. I I don't Denver's coming off of two losses, one to Pittsburgh, where they almost won in Pittsburgh. This, this defense is playing well. This offense is humming with Jeff Driscoll. Drew Locke didn't score touchdowns when he was in the game. He ended up getting sacked, fumbled the ball away and this team should have been written off right then and there, and Jeff Driscoll led this team down the field. Yeah, they're going to be without Cortland Sutton, but Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler looked awesome, as did Melvin Gordon. Noah Fant looks fantastic. The O-line has to get better, though.
0: (laughs) Sorry about that. I thought you were done. No, you're good. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I, I think Tampa Bay is going to win this one. I think it's going to be another close game. I think it's going to be by a field goal i I just don't I don't think Tom Brady's past his prime. I think they're still figuring things out. This is the last week I'll give them that excuse though that's fair, and finally Monday night football in the superdome Sunday Packers. night it was a typo Sunday night football in the superdome, <laughs> Zach, hey, you know.
1: I'm allowed to make mistakes. I, I, before we started recording, I told you that was a change that I needed to make. You didn't want me to resend it. It's not on me. This is not my fault. Uh, Sunday night football Packers saints. You know what? This game is going to be fun to watch. Um, but the injury bug is in new Orleans right now. As in terms of Michael Thomas, drew Brees last night against the Raiders did not look all that good. He threw an interception, Uh, The Raiders knew that all they had to do to stop this offense was go after Alvin Kamara. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders didn't really play much of a factor as most people thought he would. Jared Cook had an okay day, but you know if if this Saints team is going to succeed, they need to find offensive weapons outside of Kamara and Michael Thomas. Uh, With Michael Thomas questionable to play this week, uh, give me the Packers uh, riding off two big wins. Give me the Packers by 10 over New Orleans.
0: I, I'm i going to go the other way with it. I think Drew Brees, he's another one of those quarterbacks when he is mad, he's on a whole nother level. Statistically, he's the best quarterback in the NFL for the last about decade and a half. Throwing touchdowns. Uh, I think last week's an off night. I think he finds another receiver that he that can be his safety blanket, and I think it's going to be 10 points to the Saints at home.
1: I like those picks. You heard him here, folks. Uh, we like the Jaguars. Jacob and I both took a different team in the Chiefs-Ravens game, in the Texans-Steelers game. We both like the Bengals. We both took different teams in Tampa Bay, Denver, and in Packers-Saints.
0: And with that, that's going to wrap up the NFL. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we've got MLB action, NBA, NHL, and, of course, underreaction or overreaction. And we're back. <laughs> Jacob Seidel and Zach Smith with you here on the Smith and Seidel show. Oh, well, let's start up. Let's head back to the MLB. It's postseason time on this really short season. Not a fan of this really short season. Um, Neither am I. A lot of teams have clinched. Yeah, a
1: couple of teams have actually clinched, and I agree. I, I'm not a big fan of this shortened season. Uh, of course, if if you're a fan of a team that's not exactly playing their best right now, you're a fan of this uh, this shortened season. But overall, it's not the same without regular amounts of baseball. Uh, you mentioned that we are close to postseason time. We've got just a couple of games left for every team still playing.
0: Six games, roughly six games for most.
1: A couple of teams have already clinched their spots in the American League. The Tampa Bay Rays, the Chicago White Sox have clinched their spot. The Oakland Athletics, the Minnesota Twins, and the New York Yankees, in that order from one to five, have clinched a spot in the NL. The Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres are the only teams that have officially clinched their spot. Uh, A couple of magic numbers are already
0: out there, too. So when was the last time we have seen teams clinch playoff berths, but the only one to clinch for the division is Oakland? I couldn't tell you. First off, when was the last time we saw Oakland win the AL West? It's
1: it's been a little while. The thing is, though, the, the Astros, this is not the season for the Astros, especially coming off of the whole... Uh, stealing signs debacle and players and fans are letting these Astros know that they're not taking it anymore. Um, and and I think that the Astros season, you know, what how they're playing right now is a true indication of well, now we're being watched. So now not a lot can happen. The only player that they really lost was Garrett Cole, if I remember correctly. So. You know the the Astros really have no excuse. The players are all still there. I and I I think that they're finally getting called out for it, and I'm glad that they're finally getting called out for it.
0: Oh, I just think they're not winning because they cheat. Uh, That's they what I'm, I'm getting at. Because uh, Mister Manfred, he uh, he might not, even though he is the worst commissioner in professional sports, he might not uh, take too kindly to them cheating. Uh, continuing to cheat after getting caught. Yeah. But you take a look at this Tampa Bay with a sneaky good season. I hadn't heard anything about Tampa Bay until a few weeks ago. They are going to end up winning, probably going to win the AL East. Uh, they're four and a half games ahead of the New York Yankees. Both those teams have clinched. Um, in the central Chicago and Minnesota, and this the the AL Central is still wide open. Indians have three against three more against the White Sox. Twins are playing in the division. This very much could be a complete 180 by the time or in, uh, by the time the season's over next week, and who's who wins and who comes in third and gets a wild card in the AL. Yeah, Central.
1: the the biggest thing in the Central, and I think the biggest X factor is the Cleveland Indians, and the reason why. Their pitching rotation has been solid all year long, all year long. I still think Shane Beaver could be a dark horse MVP candidate, um, but.
0: Dark horse, I think he's. Cy oh, I don't Young disagree
1: on the MVP. Cy Young, but I, I think you could see him be the MVP, at least in the American League. Uh, the problem with Cleveland this year has been the bats. Uh, the offense has been super, super spotty. Um there are games where they put up 14 runs there are games where they can only muster 2 runs and when you have players such as Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Car- Carlos Santana, you know, you've got guys with this kind of standard and and they're not playing well that's kind of weird and I mean I'm going to guess part of it's cuz Terry Francona is not with the team due to health concerns um but I I just the, the Cleveland Indians offense is one of the biggest X factors I have. If the Cleveland Indians can do that with this pitching rotation you have, this is going to be a scary team to play. Uh, that being said, the White Sox look really good themselves. Their pitching rotation has been solid, and their offense has been really good. And that's the reason why the White Sox have been better than the Indians. They're very similar in a lot of ways, but the White Sox offense has been consistent all year.
0: It started off a bit slow. Edwin Encarnacion has been a big boost to that lineup, unlike when he was with Cleveland uh, for some reason. Um, But he's really helped him out. And yeah, the, the pitching has been pretty good. I don't think they're a postseason team.
1: Well, that's yet to be seen. So let let me ask you this there, my friend. Uh, in the American League, and then we'll go touch the National League for a minute. Who is your scariest team in the American League?
0: I honestly think it's the Oakland Athletics, because one, I have never seen the A's do that well, even if it is a short season. They're 13 games above 500. They've got good. They've got sneaky good pitching. Pitching you don't expect to be good. Um, I know they're going to win the division, but I think Oakland is the dark horse to represent the American League in the World Series.
1: Okay, so my pick is going to make you mad at me, my dad mad at me, and it's going to make me mad at me.
0: If you say the Yankees, you can get off right now. I think
1: the scariest team in the American League right now is the New York Yankees. And I got to explain why, okay? I'm a Red Sox fan. I have to explain why, okay? The New York Yankees have the home run leader and guys who can hit the home run super well. They're the Bronx Bombers for the reason. Luke Voit is leading the American League and I think the entire MLB in home runs hit. Aaron Judge is always a threat. Giancarlo Stanton's always a threat. Gary Sanchez is always a threat. And that's not even touching along all these other guys. Now, the question for me with the Yankees, because there's been a lot of inconsistency from them recently, it's their pitching. Their pitching needs to be better. Uh, they, you've got Garrett Cole, Masahiro, Tanaka, but you've you, know, you, you got to be more consistent as in terms of your pitching. It can't just be one guy carrying you this whole time. Your bullpen is still really solid, especially that back end. Um, but if, if the Yankees can maintain the momentum they're playing with and can stay healthy, I think arguably the scariest team in the American League could be the New York Yankees. The thing that they have to get better at also, other than pitching, is playing small ball. Uh, home runs are important, but you got to be able to score runs just off of doubles and singles. Um, I don't know if you'll see that out of the Yankees, but I, I i i i i don't say I like the Yankees because I don't like the Yankees, but I think that they could be a scary team to watch in the AL.
0: I I disagree the injury of all the teams that have had the injury bug in major league baseball this past year the yankees have been at the forefront uh i i think they can make some noise i don't think that's why i said if be.
1: they're healthy they are the scariest team in the al i like the rays cuz as you mentioned the rays have been like quietly really really good um, the Indians have a scary good pitching rotation. Uh, nobody's even mentioned the Blue Jays yet. I'm not talking about the Astros. The twins look good. Um, but I mean, it, the, the team that has the highest ceiling in here, I think has to be the Yankees. They were the fa- they were a World Series favorite going into the season, and all they have to do is make sure that they stay healthy. Um, it's again, it's not the team that I want to throw out there. They're not my World Series matchup, but I, I I think they could be a scary team to watch if they can get something going.
0: We'll move on to the National League, and we'll start in the NL West, which is the only division that has the two top spots locked up, and it's just who's going to take the top spot. Is it going to be the Dodgers or the Padres? You know, if if
1: you're asking me that, I would probably have to say the Dodgers, Um, it's, it's nothing against the Padres because I think the Padres actually could make a little bit of noise this postseason. I just think that the Dodgers have too much talent on the roster. Um, you're talking about a team that's got Walker Bueller, who's come back. You're a team that just went and made Mookie Betts super, super rich. You're off your, your entire team is full of all stars. Just, just look at left and right field of Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts. You know, what What are you supposed to do if you're a team like that and you're playing against guys who can slam the ball over the fences every time? Um, the, the Dodgers, though, are notorious for choking in the playoffs. Um, but as in terms of winning the West, I don't see any reason why the Dodgers cannot hold on.
0: The Central is insane, the top four team, well, the top spot's gonna end up getting locked up by the Cubs, I would think, here in the next few days. But the second seed is gonna be anyone's ball game right now. Seattle, who has games in hand over everybody, leads twenty uh, is in second place, twenty six and twenty five. Cincy right behind them, twenty eight and twenty seven, and then right behind Cincinnati is Milwaukee at twenty six and twenty seven.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of teams.
0: Like that a
1: lot of teams in that central.
0: They, a lot of a lot of the teams weren't doing good mo- or weren't doing well all at the same time. But I think the most competitive division in baseball right now is the NL Central. You
1: know, I it's it's you tough to say. Um just just to go into that a little bit. Um As in terms of where they stand right now, if the playoffs were to start today, the Cubs have the two seed, the Cardinals are at the six seed, and the Reds are at the seven seed. The Cardinals have a lot of games to play, though. Um, Of the Central, I think the team to watch for is the Cincinnati Reds.
0: I think so, too. The pitching of Trevor Bauer and just that high-powered lineup that has been hitting bombs like mad lately. I think they are I think they're better than the Cubs. I think it just took them a while to find Yeah, the, the Cubs
1: though and and this is the thing that the Cubs have that the Reds don't and it's postseason experience. Uh the Cubs again winning the World Series a couple years back and they they've been on the verge of, you know, good and great for a while now. Um pitching rotation's been a question. Um, their bats always seem just to fall asleep a little bit come October. Um, I, I do like the way that this Cubs team is set up though, but you make a very good point that the reds just all around look very sound. Um, I think that inexperience could back could come back to bite them a little bit,
0: but I. And in, in my counter to you on that would be now that they have Trevor Bauer who is, ha- Significant postseason time with the Indians until last year. That's a guy they're gonna lean on if they make the playoffs. Like you've been here, don't play with your drones and lead. Yeah, us. I think
1: his maturity has gotten a lot better too. Um, Trevor Bauer making a couple of silly mistakes. The reason he got traded was a lot of locker room issues. Uh, the last image in my head of Trevor Bauer in Cleveland is him throwing a ball from the pitcher's mound to center field and Terry Francona walking over to him saying, what do you think you're doing? Go sit down. Um, and and I think that he's grown and matured a little bit. He's been very vocal about the Astros and of Rob Manfred. But I, I think that makes him a voice not just for the Reds, but for the National League and the MLB. Um, so I agree with you that I think he's going to be a good leader. And, and I mean, we haven't even talked about uh, in the MLB... Talking about teams in the NL East, the Atlanta Braves, the Miami Marlins, and the Philadelphia Phillies are all in contention right now. Who would have thought this time last year the Marlins would be in postseason contention?
0: Uh, I definitely didn't, but according to ESPN, they have an 85% chance to make the playoffs. Then Philly right behind them, 667 it's insane. Yeah, in in the East,
1: some um, there's two teams that have magic numbers as of right now. I mean, every team does, but two notable teams. Uh going into when we're recording this today, the Braves are 2 games back uh from clinching their spot. The Marlins are 6 games away from clinching a playoff spot. The Phillies are uh, are not a notable number yet, but the Phillies are looking good.
0: Yeah, I I would imagine Are they doing one extra wild card? I want to say it's two. So it's still two wild cards. It's just two from every division. There's eight spots in total. I don't... Yeah, okay. So I would imagine Philadelphia is going to be that third wild card. Or the, or the... The second wild card. Pardon me. Um whether that be them beating whether that be with Cincinnati, Seattle or St. Louis or another team as the second wild card or trying to beat them out so go ahead it's just uh i think i think the phillies are the going to I would the agree playoffs. with that Sorry, that, that was the main point in that. I lost oh, you're good. where I was going. Um,
1: my my question to you is, we, we talked about our scariest teams in the American League. Who's your scariest team if everybody's healthy and good to go? Who's your scariest team in the National League?
0: San Diego Padres. Their bats have been insane the last month of the season. They're... They're over five hundred. They're going to make the playoffs for the first time in what fourteen years, something like that. It's ridiculous. Their pitching has gotten better with the addition of Mike Clevenger. Even though they traded away the barn, but we'll see what they can do. I think this could be a fun team to watch postseason.
1: My 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 scariest team. You? is kind of one that we sh- we didn't t- spend any time talking about, and it's the Atlanta Braves. Um, and the reason being is Ronald Acuna. Uh, I think Ronald Acuna Jr. single-handedly has made a difference on this team since he came back off of the IL. Um, th- this is a Braves team that we've seen go toe-to-toe with some of these really solid juggernauts the past couple of years and just fall just short. Um, I think that you could see the Braves make a little bit of noise uh, if again, at the postseason, was the start today, they would be taking on the Cardinals. And I think that's the most favorable matchup. And in, in this postseason. again, if they were to start today, the Dodgers would have the Phillies, the Cubs would have the Reds and the Padres would have the Marlins. I like that Braves Cardinals matchup the best amongst all of those. And I think if, you know, the Braves can stay healthy and put it all together, I could, I think you could see the Braves be a scary team to watch.
0: I would agree with that. So what's your dream world series matchup now that we've kind of talked about it,
1: my dream else. world series matchup. So
0: that can happen. Okay. This season.
1: So we, we talked about it a little bit representing the national league. I like the San Diego Padres and I'll tell you why. And you kind of mentioned it already there, Jacob of the bats are hot and the pitching looks good. Um, you you look at some of these guys, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. Don't even get me started on Fernando Tatis Jr. He looks awesome. Um, th- this Padres team, I think you could silently see be very, very sneaky throughout the National League. They've been very, very sneaky during the season. Their big trade of getting Mike Clevenger, I think, has tied that pitching room together. That rotation looks awesome. And I think that representing the National League, you'll see the San Diego Padres. Now, the American League is a little tougher to talk about. Um, I, I I don't see the Astros or the Blue Jays sneaking in there. I don't see the Athletics sneaking in there either. Uh, I think that you could see the winner of the White Sox-Indian series get into that, th- uh, that spot. So my dream matchup that I'll tell you is the San Diego Padres, I think, versus the Chicago White Sox. Um, the, the pitching rotation has been really sounded solid. Uh, they're on, if I remember correctly, year three or year four of their big rebuild, and the White Sox finally looked the part. That pitching rotation is lights out. Um, you can argue against that a little bit. I mean, the Indians just put up some significant runs on that yesterday. But you gotta approach it one game at a time. And the White Sox, they they look good. Their rotation is solid. Their bullpen is solid. Their all around lineup is really solid. Yoheen Yo Suarez. Like all these guys look awesome. So my dream world series matchup, the Chicago White Sox taking on the San Diego Padres. My dream world series
0: matchup. Cincinnati Reds versus the Cleveland Indians. And before everyone calls me an Ohio homer, like, yeah, I'm born, raised in Ohio. Buckeyes fan, check. Browns fan, Indians fan, Cavs fan, check all that. It makes sense. These are two teams that if they get hot right before the playoffs, they will be the hardest teams to beat in Major League Baseball. The Reds. Pitching in bats, fantastic. Indians, best pitching in baseball. And just need to get the bats going. Get Lindor, Santana, uh, Ramirez, all those guys going. And you could see the battle of I-71 happen. I
1: think that would be a fun series to watch. I think it would be fun, but my question is, can the Indians bats get going? That's my biggest if with that matchup. Not saying that I'm shooting your matchup in the
0: foot, but... That's that's what I'm worried about. As an Indians fan, not so much as a sportscaster. Um, I think they can. Especially when you have the chance to make a run for the division. And with three more games against the White Sox, and then ending with three against Pittsburgh... This is the best chance for their bats to get. And you got to do it right. Yeah. And
1: you do it as you mentioned, right before postseason, you don't want to get hot before the postseason. You want to get hot as you go into the postseason. So I agree completely with that take. So we go from one type of postseason to another type of postseason into the NBA. Um, We are currently in the semifinals for both the East and West Celtics and heat on the east side and the Nuggets Lakers on the west side, Celtics down two and one in that series. They've led at some point in all three games significantly. Do the Celtics have a chance? I know that you mentioned last week that you don't think the Celtics have what it takes to come back in the series. After the Celtics came back against Jimmy Butler in game three, do you still hold that same stance that the heat have the series?
0: I think the Heat are the scrappy underdogs. I think Boston's going to make it close, but I think dropping the first two is really going to hurt them. I'm not a big I'm I'm not a big NBA guy. I will say that right off the bat. So take everything I say with a grain of salt if you want. But just looking at the shot chart, even from the loss, Miami has done a better job shooting them from the perimeter and that's historically how you can beat boston shooting well from the perimeter spread out their defense i think it's going to be the heat and six
1: i disagree um and and i've talked about it in years prior um mainly when you have a superstar carrying you for so long look at how the Cavs ended up a couple years back after Kyrie Irving left, Kevin Love was playing hurt, and LeBron James carried the Cavs to a finals appearance against the Warriors, but ultimately couldn't keep going because there's only so much one guy can do. Uh, When I look at the Heat, uh, yeah, they've got a lot of role players who are playing well, but your primary ball handler has been Jimmy Butler. Um, So my question is, how much gas does Jimmy Butler have in the tank? Uh, Jimmy Butler is a phenomenal player and I'm not going to take that away from him. But you look at the Celtics compared to the heat, the Celtics have three or four guys at any point in time who could run and lead this offense. Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown. You know, these guys are really solid on the other end of it. It's Jimmy Butler and maybe Jay Crowder, maybe Duncan Robinson. Um, I inversely, I like the Celtics. I think you'll see the Celtics in seven. on the other side of it, Lakers and Nuggets in the West. Uh, AD hit a game winner in Game 2. Um, are LeBron and AD too much for the Nuggets as they're up
0: 2-0? Yeah, I think so. I think Game 2 was the Nuggets really needing to get into it. However, they have overcome two to 3-1 deficits. So far in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so grain of salt, I think that the Lakers are gonna be at, come out of the West. But if they don't do it in four, Denver can come back. But really go, look at game looking at game one. The Lakers really made the Nuggets look like chumps in game one. 126 to 114. It was LA's game to lose all the way and now they play tonight at 9 on TBS TNT pardon me. I I I don't see any way the Nuggets can come back and beat the Lakers. I
1: agree with you. I think that the Lakers are going to take it in six. Um and I I don't say 5 because I think you're going to see the Nuggets come back and try again, to, to do it. Um, but typically, when you hit a game winner like An- Anthony Davis hit in Game 2, hitting that three as time expired to beat the Nuggets, that's typically a dagger in the heart of teams, and it takes a lot of momentum out of them, especially after guys like Jamal Murray have carried teams. Um, he, he carried them through the Jazz. Nikola Jokic, again, as I mentioned last week, carried them through the Clippers. And I mean... they already did the Lakers the biggest favor in making sure that it's not the Clippers they're playing. Um, But that being said, I I think the Nuggets are a little tired, and I think that you're going to see the Lakers carry it in six. So my my NBA Finals matchup is Celtics-Lakers. Mine's
0: going to be a Lakers-Heat. Uh, I really want to see what I want to see LeBron versus one of his former teams for the championship. I think that'd be a really cool storyline. But I'm not sure if it's going to happen anymore.
1: Yeah, I'd probably agree with you on that one. I just think it would be really cool to see the Celtics take on the Lakers in the year that Kobe Bryant passed away. Seeing probably the two most historical franchises in the NBA go at it.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be great. Uh, it's either way, I think we're in for a great NBA Finals. But it really it depends who's going to come out of the East right now. I, I think I think it's going to be the Heat. You think it's going to be the Celtics? But it's really a I coin agree. flip, I feel. And if we're ready, we'll move on to the Stanley Cup Finals and set those up real quick. Series tied at one apiece between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars. And holy cow. Uh, Kucherov. That can't be right. Yeah, it is. Kucherov for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning has been doing a great job so far. And (laughs) <laughs> thanks Zach really the Lightning are playing like they have nothing to lose they haven't won the Stanley Cup since 2003 they had high hopes last year before getting knocked out by the uh, Blue Jackets in the first round in a sweep I would like to see Dallas keep it competitive but I think Tampa is going to end up winning this in six yeah yeah, okay, and with that, we'll go to under uh, overreaction or underreaction. If you would like to sponsor it, let us know. <laughs> Again,
1: the basic premise of this is that Jacob and I are going to go back and forth, giving each other some hot takes of what we think could happen in the world of sports. Uh, if you agree with it, it is an underreaction. If you don't believe in it, it is an overreaction to the statement. So I'm going to go first. Uh, and, I mean, we we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier on in the show. But, Mr. Jacob Seidel, overreaction or underreaction, the Jaguars are a playoff team this year.
0: Overreaction. I think they're good. I think they're going to turn heads, but they need to prove they're a playoff team before I can agree with that. Uh, Mr. Smith. The reason all the injuries happened in the NFL this week is because there was no preseason. I'm going to
1: say that's an underreaction, but to an extent, um, I think partially it is because there has not been a lot of basic fundamentals being taught in the NFL because there's been... Very little time to prepare. You got to get the game plan in. You got to get some chemistry going between players. And I think a lot of the basic stuff of how to tackle was just forgotten. I blame a portion of it on the fields. Um, turf is very tough to manage. And especially when a lot of NFL teams are sharing stadiums with other places, that's something to worry about. However, I think a, a portion of these injuries are because there was no uh, there was no preseason. So, okay. responding right back to you, we've got a lot of NFL ones of these. The Eagles should let Jalen Hurts start soon. Overreaction or underreaction?
0: I'm going to go in the middle ground and just say that's a reaction. Because I don't know enough about Jalen Hurts to say he should start, but he can't be doing much worse than... um. Carson Wentz. I'm blanking. Yeah, Carson Wentz. That's what I thought. That's what I thought, but it also sounded wrong in my head. Um, I'd say if they lose to the Bengals Sunday, that's when. But I'm not gonna say that's an overreaction or an underreaction. I think that is a common sense reaction. The okay, we'll go to back to the. We'll go to the NBA on this one. LeBron James will be in the NBA Finals, but the MVP will be Anthony Davis. Underreaction or overreaction? You
1: know, I, I kind of want to go on the same ground as a, just a reaction. However, I think that it's going to be a slight overreaction. LeBron James, ever since he was not named MVP, he only got like 12 or 13 votes, if I remember correctly. Um, he he's playing mad and Anthony Davis has been a big portion to this Lakers team, but LeBron James is the engine that makes this Lakers team run. Uh, as much as I want to say, Anthony Davis is going to earn the, the famed trophy. I think you're going to see LeBron James be the first player in NBA history to win an NBA finals and an NBA finals MVP for not one team for not two teams, but three different teams.
0: That's just an insane thing to think about as well.
1: So, back over to you, my friend. The San Diego Padres, as we mentioned, are back in the postseason for the first time in 14 years. Overreaction or underreaction, they will win the World Series.
0: Underreaction with an asterisk. I think they have the talent and the capability to win a World Series. I don't know if they can get there. I would have loved to see it. It'd be a great storyline for baseball in this uh, pandemic-shortened season, but I just don't know if they can do it. It's an underreaction because they have the talent, but I can't say for sure that they'll win the World Series. Underreaction or overreaction, Mr. Smith? The Miami Hurricanes will be in the conversation for the college football I'm going to say
1: on. that's a slight overreaction, and let me tell you why. This Miami Hurricanes team looks really good in the ACC, beating UAB, and then this past weekend dominating number 18 Louisville. If Miami really wants to return to where they were a couple of years ago, they have to turn and beat some of these good teams. And they'll have the opportunity on October 10th when they go up against number one Clemson to make that case. Um, I say it's an overreaction as well, because especially with the Big Ten looking to resume here in a few weeks, I think that there's going to be a lot more competition in Miami now at being ranked at number 12 needs to show why they're really good. I'm going to say overreaction but I think they can do it if they get some of these really good wins off.
0: I'll agree with you, uh, but I'm going with the overreaction. But I'm gonna add on a okay. hot take: Cincinnati, the Bearcats, would make the college football playoffs before. I'd the probably Miami agree Aircats. with that.
1: The Cincinnati Bearcats have to play undefeated uh, football, but I could see it. I could see it. Overreaction or underreaction, sir? After Sam Darnold has just not looked the part for the New York Jets, the New York Jets should give up on the Sam Darnold experiment and tank for Trevor Lawrence.
0: Underreaction, I hate to say it. I hate seeing teams tank. I think no matter who you have, you should try to be competitive. But honestly... The Jets are just so bad. They need something. They need a shot in the arm. It's really been since the butt fumble on Thanksgiving Day that the Jets have not been able to do anything.
1: I'd agree with that. Uh, the, the, The Jets, who are supposed to become more and more competitive, Sam Darnold got that crisp win over the Cowboys last year. He's starting to get some offensive weapons starting to. The Jets still need to build a little bit. Uh, Le'Veon Bell being out for a little while definitely hurts them. Uh, losing his favorite target and Robbie Anderson in free agency really hurts him. The O-line is definitely a work in progress. Um, I don't think that Sam Darnold should be given up on yet, so I say in that regards it's an overreaction. But I think you need to be putting more pressure on your now third-year quarterback of Hey, you need to start performing, or your job is going to be at risk. I'm not saying that you have to lead this team to a uh, a postseason or a Super Bowl berth, but at least make this team at least make this team eight competitive. Wins. That's all I'm saying with the Jets.
0: Yeah, Just eight, eight, eight wins.
1: Exactly. That's that's, that's all, all you need. really need in this. And I I think if you see that happen with the Jets, no, I don't think you should tank for Trevor. I think that the Jets should continue to build around Sam Darnold. I give I give them that. Sam Darnold, who most people thought was the safest quarterback pick in that draft, but I, I don't think... I think it's too early to pull the plug on Sam Darnold. So, overreaction.
0: Okay. Overreaction or underreaction? Giannis will leave the Bucks at the end of his contract next season.
1: This, this one's tough. This one's really tough. Um, and... I'm I'm going to be the first to say it. I'm going to say it's an underreaction. I agree completely. I think that Giannis will leave the Bucs, but there's an asterisk to it. Back-to-back years, this Bucks team has looked super, super competitive. They had the best record in the NBA this past season. Um, they won the East, and then they, they got upset by Miami. Um, and I think that Milwaukee's right there and I think I've mentioned this before to you or to somebody, I think Giannis should maybe stay an extra year or so after his contract say, you know what, this team is good. And I know it's right there. I'm going to give them like another year or two to bring in one more star. But you know, when there are other teams throughout the NBA that are that piece away from looking ridiculous, I I, I don't see any way Giannis can pass up getting that ring. Um, I don't, Think you'll see it though, because the reason that so many people slammed Kevin Durant so much is he left a team that was right there to go to a team just to get a ring. Uh, I'm talking when he left the Thunder, which was a game away from upsetting the Warriors to go to the Warriors to win some rings. A lot of people gave him a lot of slack for that. Um, I don't think Giannis is going to go for that reason, but the reason why I think he's going to leave is because I think the Bucks are just going to be stuck in a realm of consistent inconsistency where they're right there and they look awesome, but they can't get it done in the postseason. So under reaction.
0: I will amend this a little bit. He will next play for the Los Angeles Lakers Oof. or Clippers. Ooh.
1: Um, that's interesting. Um, I, I'm, I'm sitting here. I could picture him in both jerseys. I think it's, if you, if he goes to the Lakers, you're not stopping that team. You don't stop that team of Anthony Davis, who can shoot threes, LeBron James, who leads that team, and Giannis, who's unbeatable in the paint. You don't beat that team. But on the other hand, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Giannis, Anatagumpo. Oh man, that would be that would be so much fun. Either way, um, I. I
0: you're, you're f- you're a little your bit,
1: own, like although that. I th- I think that super teams are killing the NBA. I, I think that they're doing that, and it all started when LeBron went to go join D. Wade and Chris Bosh a couple years back. I th- I think super teams are killing the NBA because all these small market teams don't get superstars anymore because their superstars want to go play in the West. Um, Oh, man, that would just be such a fun team to watch. Either of them, it would be. That's wow!
0: But that was this week's edition of underreaction or overreaction, and I think that's going to just about do it for this week. Zach, uh, any, final,
1: any thoughts? final thoughts? I I can't say anything. Um, the ov- the only thing that I can say, and I'm I'm curious if I could get your opinion on this, really, really quick. Um. Oh, the other, or yeah, earlier today, Michael Jordan, uh, decided to put his name out there in NASCAR. Um, he's got a couple of really interesting takes on it. I'm just trying to find my note in here about it. Uh, Bubba Wallace, I believe being his first driver. So I'm curious on what your thoughts are on that.
0: I love this for Michael Jordan. He grew up in the middle of NASCAR country. He went to college in the middle of NASCAR country. Like he grew up watching the king. Um I think this is going to be a good thing for NASCAR, especially if they want to try to integrate more minorities or any like anything just get their fans in get their fans to stop booing them for the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it's a good thing to have him. With the team, uh, yeah. The the official
1: story is Michael Jordan and Dan and Denny Hamlin, excuse me, are going to be fielding a NASCAR Cup, um, a car with Bubba Wallace driving. Um, so I I think that's going to be really, really cool. Um, bringing that type of thing to the top level, um, it brings a lot of attention to a lot of different things. Um, but I think it's really cool. It's, I think it's a, uh, as you mentioned, I think it's a great sign for NASCAR. I think it's awesome that Michael Jordan continues to make his presence felt throughout the sporting world. Um, and I, I think it's just overall a really cool move. So, um, hats off to you, Mr. Jordan into, uh, Mr. Denny Hamlin, uh, for doing what you guys are doing, Bubba Wallace for driving along. And, uh, it, it's again, overall really, really cool to see. So I think good on everybody in this situation. I think this is a really cool story.
0: Yeah. Good on everyone and Bubba Wallace. Uh, I haven't had anyone to root for since Dale Jr. retired, but now I got someone. So, and with that, I think we are good. So, a few thank yous to send out first to my co-host Zach Smith. Uh, another fantastic show we got to do. Uh, our intro and outro music is by Bobby Quinn Creative Music Production. He is highly recommended by the Smith and Seidel Show. You can find him on Fiverr.com by searching Bobby Quinn C. Uh, we'd also like to thank my good friend Dylan Hunter, a student here at Bowling Green State University that created the Smith and Seidel Show logo you see on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you, guys. New episodes. Thank yeah, you. Th- thank you so much. It helps out a lot. New episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. But until next week, for Zach Smith, I am Jacob Seidel, reminding you to stay safe, stay healthy, and I, Ziggy Zumba.